This is Living Proof Radio, May 2024. All of our full episodes are available on our Patreon with weekly drops, a Patreon-only radio show, and Living Proof magazine delivered to your house every issue, as well as our entire members-only library backlog. Patreon.com slash York. Thank you once again for coming on the show. Um, Thanks for having me. The legendary. Yeah, yeah, you were one of like the first people who came on, supported us from early on, and helped us out a lot. So we have so much gratitude for that. You have no idea. Well, you know, the world needs good quality graffiti podcasts, and there are like none. So there you guys are. I'm I'm here for it. Well, thank you. Um, (laughs) I guess we should start it with uh, the stuff you're doing with Art Primo. So what's the what's the deal with that? It's dropping today. Um, I'm super excited. It's my 20-year anniversary. Oh, my God. Kalamani's 20 years old. It's really uh, crazy to think about because it seems like it was. it's, you know, last year. And then also it seems like I've been doing it for 100 years. So I'm doing all special collaborations this year for my 20-year anniversary um, with women-led businesses. And uh, I came out with, like a subway token necklace in january we came out with like this crazy jersey with my uh bestie and old assistant haley in feb in march we came out with a cbd claw-shaped bath bomb that comes with a cbd joint inside um and we just dropped uh these crazy oh whatever i have like a thousand things going on let me just restate that. Um, and now we're coming out with these like crazy resin ashtrays with claws in them. And now our primo. Um, all the collaborations I do, like for my brand, whatever, blah, 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 have always been about like pushing graffiti out um, and sort of changing people's minds, like what graffiti is, what who gra- graffiti writers are. Uh, changing like expectations and pushing the culture out. And this Art Primo collab is so cool because I'm actually going back to graffiti. Mm -hmm. I'm making a mop. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited I'm having my own marker. It's like super uh, thrilling to sort of pay homage to like the culture that brought me to where I am. And um, also I like love the Art Primo crew. I met them and we became uh, besties. They're so much crazy stories about Art Primo. You should dig around. I bet it would be like the most sick podcast. You know who made the Art Primo um, logo? Oh. Katsu. I actually, didn't he say that in the, there was like a Twitter space talk that you guys talked about and I'm pretty sure That's right. I'm telling you, I'm talking, it's our primo, um, people should really know about this company. It's really cool. They hand make their inks. I mean, it's whatever. I want to work with people that really care about their customers. They really care about their, um, product. And they really care about the culture. Mm-hmm. And it's just a win-win. So we're doing some merch. We're making a tea sweatshirt. We got a bag. And we got the mop 
and uh, the parties today. So come on down to Sweet and Vicious if you're in NYC. That's pretty cool. Um, it's pretty crazy that you were able to sustain the business for 20 years because, you know, it's like the stats are. It's like within the first year, then within the first five years, like the percentage of businesses that can't make it, especially being self-employed. I know you went to school for like fashion and you were essentially just painting graph, but neither of those necessarily have a direct correlation to like how to do this, how to build a brand, how to keep it going for years. And it's not, obviously it's not easy. It takes so much work. What do you think, like when you look back on the 20 years and how long it's been and everything you've done with it, what is that, like what comes to mind? I mean, I think, um, I like really respect graffiti as a culture. And the thing about graffiti that's uh, so difficult with like in relation to business is that it's not about capitalism. It's not about money, right? Really sort of it's the opposite mm -hmm. of capitalism. Um, so how do you like bring money into something that isn't uh, transactional in that way? It's difficult, um, but I think that I've always been, like, true to the culture, whether people are, like, my fans or not. Like, I always give respect to graffiti. Um, and I, like, really, you know, care uh, about women in this culture. I care about, you know, aesthetics in this culture. I care about the history of this culture. And I think people know that. So I think that's really the secret of my success is mm. that I am really like true to the culture, even though you could be like, oh, this bitch is a sellout or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I can't be on the streets forever. You know, somebody got to fucking uh, go to work. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like I had this like clear uh, choice that I had to make. And it was like, how am I going to stop painting, but yet still like kind of make an impact and sort of a pathway for um, young people to kind of learn from and come behind and, you know, make even a greater impact on top of that. So, you know, that's like my biggest, my biggest achievement is that, you know, all the great people that I've met um, and worked with and young people that I've worked with that have, you know, gone on to great things. Mm -hmm. Those are my greatest, my greatest achievements. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, besides my art primo marker. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, I just want to say congrats. Yeah, on 20 you. years, that's insane because I just think of myself, like, watching you know you're bombing with 17 on infamy that mm -hmm. interview just all that was just so nostalgic and like can you believe that was 19 years ago that no, was filmed 19, 19 years, years ago that's wow. insane yeah and like just thinking about you know i was actually talking to my girl uh yesterday and i told her that you were coming on and she was like that is insane like when she was trying to do like sewing and embroidery like 10 years ago or something she would look up your articles and photos and see what you were doing and like it's just insane like what it's become like all of this yeah well the claw has taken on its own meaning some of which i assigned to it and some of which sort of was pushed onto it by other people um 
which, you know, if I liked it, I kept it. <laughs> and if I, I didn't, I sort of like shook it off. But I think the beauty of the claw is that it can mean so many things to so many people. And it doesn't have to mean one. It doesn't have to be like, oh, that's New York City graffiti or that's streetwear company or that's, um, you know, a woman artist or that's a cat lover or whatever it can really soak up uh the characteristics of the viewer Mm. and so you can sort of just like project what you your own meaning onto it and thinking of it sort of like as this like hollow vessel of like many meanings inter like sort of uh, feather floating through the air, right? It's, you know, sort of like changing and shifting directions. Uh, made it sort of easy for me to like make it into a hamburger, into a strawberry, into a slice of pizza, into a hot dog, a lot of food, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, having it sort of be separate from me and like let to take on its own meaning. So I I like the claw. It's um both sort of easy to work with and difficult because you don't want to sort of keep doing like you see one claw, you see them all like you're like great. So how do you keep that fresh and exciting and it's sort of like it all has to be conceptual. Mm-hmm. It all has to sort of like be conceptual. So even if the viewer is not understanding the concept, I no, it's conceptual because it would be meaningless and purposelessness. That's not what life is about. Life mm-hmm. is about, you know, purpose and, uh, you know, communicating like and, you know, for me anyway, positive messaging and stuff like that. Well, yeah. in terms of uh, making money in the space of uh, essentially a, a company and a brand and just like a self-employed artist that is based off of graffiti and like the foundations of it is all within the graffiti. The main logo is like, you know, your throwy and stuff. How do you, and how did you approach that in a way where you wouldn't consider yourself selling out or what are your thoughts on, on the concept of selling out? Cause I remember the last time we spoke, you talked about the idea of like this, like non functionality of being a real long-term bomber, someone who's like really out in the streets painting all the time. And, through the people we've met through this show and the conversation we've had is like it, it presents itself like time and time and time again the people who really do that get so fucked essentially from doing that that even if they were like really down like to their hearts with that they eventually stop and they get sick of it and almost hold like a resentment towards it i think you know would the claw be successful if I wasn't a shrewd business person. Like, I think it's more than just the graffiti. Not to like pat myself on the back, Mm -hmm. but I'm here to do business. And like, how am I here to do business today? Am I here to do business as Claw? Am I here to do business as Claw Money the brand? Am I here to do business as Claudia Gold the freelancer? Uh, You know, uh, strategizer, you know, what? Like, what capacity am I working in? The claw is a part of the business, but it's, I wouldn't say, um, 
that it's like its entirety. And that's the, I think the problem with a lot of artists is that they can't sort of separate themselves from the product. And then they're selling themselves. It feels really bad to them. You know what I mean? This is them. This is their identity. The claw is my identity, but it's also not my identity. I've really like become sort of bothered being reduced to a brand. I'm a person. You know what I mean? Like I'm a living, breathing person. I do, you know, regular stuff like everybody else. And then there's this sort of, you know, corporatization of like who claw money is. Is that real? Is that me? Is that Claudia Gold? Like at the end of the day. So that that's a hard thing to wrestle with too. So you have like okay, I'm owning this and this is my identity and now I'm trying to sell it and it's a difficult um, path to forge. And you're getting, let's say, n- lukewarm reviews and you know people aren't reacting the way they are when it's free on the street, when they're forced mm. to consume it. And then you're like, like, yeah, well, this shit is everywhere. You have no respect. You know what I mean? And I understand that, too. So it's sort of like you have to be able to sort of divorce yourself from the art. Personally, it's business. It's not personal anymore. And that's where graffiti gets fucked up because it's completely personal. It's art about me. It's self-promotion, right? It's self-actualization. How are you going to... Now think in this like very sophisticated business term where you're now like making a product that you can't be attached to because it will literally like hurt your heart that people are rejecting or they're not uh, reacting in the way that you want them to immediately. So it's very hard business to be in so you try to not be attached to the artwork that you're putting out no i i'm attached to the artwork i try to not be attached to claw money um as an all-consuming idea Mm. of who i am do you know what i mean like i don't want to be attached um as a human being always to this rep- business representation of who I am in this, you know, particular ecosystem, right? Um, right, like actors, they get to, like, act, and then they get to, like, be themselves. But, like, when you're an artist, like, you are just that. You mm-hmm. are that character, and you need to play that at all times. And that is difficult, and it's also... Um, dehumanizing in a way you know what i mean like do you think the guys from ge are like i'm ge i'm ge you know i'm general electric no they're fucking bob smith or what you know what i mean it's like graffiti is so personal it it, i think it would be very it, it is a very difficult thing to to put out there and to ask for money for also since um, we're talking business, you know, I'm fucking around with this like NFT stuff. And I think it's so fucking stupid. Just by the way, let everybody buy my NFTs, whatever. I'm going all city in the metaverse. 
I'm going all metaverse in the metaverse, baby. Um, with our primo markers, no less. I mean, come on. Um, graffiti is not, no one cares about graffiti in NFTs. Mm. They like the aesthetic. They like the way it looks. They don't care who painted it. They, they're here for the car commercials where they see like a flash of this or, you know, the video game edit, right? Can graffiti live in the metaverse when the community, right? They're always talking these, this like community thing. I don't know if you know about all this NFT shit. They're like, the community is behind. You need to like get a community. I have a fucking community. My community supports me when they can afford it by buying items and I like to have lots of inexpensive items so there's like something for everyone at clawmoney.com I think we have stuff for like a dollar on the site because if you want it you should be able to get it um but our community supports us in a different way than buying NFTs there's these chicks that get claw tattoos on them there's like 30 of these chicks. They just keep popping up on like Instagram showing me they're like, and will those women buy my NFTs? No, but they're willing to walk around with like a claw symbol on them because it means something so much to them. It just doesn't quantify the same. That's why graffiti and business have trouble mixing. It's so, like oil and water. What about, uh, what about NFTs do you think is stupid? Well, I've been a digital artist for like 25 plus years, right? So I've been making digital art and it's always been this like throwaway thing that you use for promotion. And meanwhile, this is like the whole fucking art business. Exposure, exposure. You got to make this flyer. You got to do this. You, gotta, you know what I mean? Like you're constantly like doing these like outputs for no ROI, return on investment, right? Like you're spending all this hours making stuff, put it out there, Advertise your party, advertise your covert, whatever it is. The idea of NFT is really cool because I have so much work. I have so much work that people haven't seen, so many like rejected concepts that were like really good for something, and then the deal went bad, and we just kind of shelved it. It's a good idea, but like let's save it. So the idea of NFT is really cool, but then you're like, okay, I have like a digital file. Like I must say I've never bought a fucking piece of music in my life. Okay, does that make me a scumbag? Maybe. When Napster came out, I was like, I'm never buying music. I'm downloading everything. This and that. My girl's like, you don't pay for her. Spotify, you listen to commercials. I'm like, yeah, I'm not giving them any money. It's almost, I have the same attitude about like digital shit too. Also, that's why you never see pictures of illegal claw stuff from the 90s just floating around on the internet because I guard those fucking pictures. Those are my files. That is my, like, when I'm ready to present that, I don't want to just put that up on Instagram. It's funny. So the girls that work for me that do social media, they're like, oh, we found all these photos that nobody's ever seen. We're going to put them on Claw and Co. I'm like, don't. That's all I got. That's my you know what I mean? Like once that's out there, it can be duplicated 900 times. And no matter what you do with an NFT, no matter what ownership you have over it, it's still really, it's just like this file that can be replicated. 
But it's isn't a, the point of an NFT that it can't be replicated? It's non-fungible. It's like one of one. Like you can. You can't be sold. It can be replicated. It can't be like sold and like minted on the blockchain. I also think the the blockchain scares me a little bit because I think it's going to get people into intellectual property problems. Okay. I'm the type of bitch who throws a fucking Chanel logo on a t-shirt in 2002 and got a cease and desist from Chanel. I ripped off Bloomingdale's. I had to deal with their lawyers. Like, I did, like, a whole Clomingdale's thing. They were like, <laughs> what is your website? It's fantastic. What is this? I was like, let's do a collaboration. They're like, take all that shit off the site. Anyway. <laughs> all of, like... How can we make digital files worth something? Can they be collectible? Is a virtual baseball card cool in comparison to something that you can hold in your hand? And I think we as humans, there is nothing for this that face-to-face, in-hand, touching atoms, molecules, whatever the fuck it is. That cannot be replicated digitally. Mm-hmm. But then again, on the same person, when these musicians are making millions of dollars, people are spending money to support them. I love Drake. I'm going to buy his album. I love this. I'm buying, like, I'm like, oh, spending shit. I'm like, I'm going to download that for free. I don't, I feel the same way about NFTs. So you feel like the, the digital space doesn't have as much worth I in also- terms of like true collection? In terms of, tr- I don't think you can replace a, a, mm-hmm. a physical item for a digital item, like, swap for swap. I don't think it has the same feeling. You know, like, when we all went online, like, in the early 2000s, and, like, shopping online was, like, exciting, you get, like, a box. Now it's, like, so standard. It's very flat. It's a very flat experience buying something digitally, whatever it is. Unless you get, I guess, a media gratification, let's say, like, a, an album, right? Mm-hmm. Here I go. I'm like, refuse to spend money on this. But um, I can't imagine that there is, like, so, like you buy something and you're like, okay, I'll wait three days till it comes, like, and then I can wear it. It doesn't, you don't have that same experience of, like, walking mm-hmm. out with something. Yes, it's great to get a box. Yes, you open it up. Yes, you got your thing. Yes, you're psyched. But there's hours there's days sometimes in between these experiences somebody has to figure that out how do we merge like uh some sort of like gratification with like digital i don't know we're not there yet but if nfts don't work and they are beanie babies because that's what they're saying now there's like a whole, I don't know if your listeners are interested in NFT. I have like all, like tons and tons of theories, but I think it's going to change and turn into something else. And whatever it turns into, I'm really interested. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, digital art is my shit. That's what I do. Like that's most of my time is doing digital art. But do you think that, you know, as these things grow and progress, like the generation is coming you know, all all they will know is pretty much like NFT and the metaverse and digital like reality and all this kind of stuff. Like if that becomes right, what it like, is, because of because of global warming, you'll never be able to leave yeah. your house, mm-hmm. right? You won't have any money. You can't buy anything. The room happy. you live in is so small. You can't have a million pairs of sneakers, 
and uh, a Dunny collection and tons of art hanging on the wall. You live in a tiny thing with your VR headset and your, you know, squeezy pack of nutrition or whatever the fuck it's going to be, right? Do we want to be the ones laying the foundation to bring people inside for this, like, terrible new dystopian dystopian future or do we want to like look at it and like sort of explore it it's something new it's something to talk about it's something to like get familiarized with right like if this is a thing but i see there's a big rejection of it i think that people are looking at a lot of these uh projects as like pure shit because they are the garbage there's no culture creators in there Uh, The aesthetics are bad. These marketplaces are not curating. Like somebody who knows how to do something is going to come in there and they're going to fucking take over. And it's going to change from something from NFT into some other something. Let these companies pay. Let these corporations pay for digital art. Why does it have to be put on the little man? And then, you know, paying these like hedge funds to pay these like artists on Fiverr like $2 an hour to make like these collections like it's really really fucked up well what do you think about the fact that uh in terms of NFTs people use them for like their utilities they they attach utilities with them that's number one number two the thought of an NFT kind of as like a new medium that artists can use to to almost like self-empower themselves to make money and make a living off of this new medium similar to like maybe oil and acrylic then people use like spray paint and now there's nfts and like in terms of the digital versus the physical world like a lot of our a lot of our money is is digital like my my bank account is digital what do you think about that okay i think blockchain is here to stay i think you are going to buy your coffee from an nft like a Starbucks reward card. You're going to walk in, you're going to be like, here, here is my, my Starbucks NFT. And they'll be like, oh, it's your 10th cup of coffee. It's free. This is your free, right? And they're just, they're data tracking you. This technology is data tracking your spending and it is turning you into, um, you know, it makes the, the consumer the commodity. Like, you're the commodity, the buyer. You know what I mean? Like, how can I get... So, oh, you're shopping, you go to Starbucks three times a week and you do this and you do that. Like, you, all your shit is going to be watched. And that's why I, you don't like the blockchain. Right. I like that, like, my bank has this information. This other people have this other information. This mm. credit card has this information. Nobody... I mean, maybe they are centralizing and they're like, this bitch is in fucking Starbucks way too much. Whatever it is, right? And they're like, we need to get her buy a coffee pot and stay home or whatever you know they do <laughs> i don't know i don't know how uh, you know i heard that they have like a folder for each person and they have like all your pictures and like with when you have kids on facebook mm. they take like the pictures of the baby and they start a folder for them and then they watch them like grow and so by the time they're like log into their account they're like oh we already know you we, we've watched you grow <laughs> grow up uh, anyway yes so NFT is going to, yeah, you're going to buy your car, it's your, you know, your note, your apartment, your, you know, your lease is going to be on an NFT. It's a, it's a very true technology. 
The thing that they want to do with NFTs is they want to gamify it. Like you're playing a video game. If you have this, then you can go to the next level. Mm-hmm. If you have this NFT, you get to go to the claw money or primo party. Okay, don't show up to this party today without your fucking NFT. You can't get in. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. What kind of party is that? What kind of party? I don't want to be at a party like that. I've ever seen uh, the show Black Mirror. No, I've never, because I'm scared. Yeah, you should definitely watch that. Because it's, they show all this, but like in like we were saying, like a crazy dystopian reality where you have like a social credit score. And if you have like they a, cer- do a certain they number. They do this in Asia. Yeah. And if you don't, if you're not up to that number, let's say like you have to be a three to get on the bus. If you're a 2.9, they don't let you on the bus or like, and they bring up like that, um that thing. It's like, if you play this game, it was a crazy episode. It's hard to explain, but like it's all about this. It's uh, right. Have you guys seen Ready Player One? I haven't seen. It. I've tried to watch. Like, mm. I heard. Like okay. Yeah, it's similar. Yeah, to... they are setting us up to be tracked twenty four seven, twenty four seven, and like centralizing it all. And then also, I think that the NFT and the blockchain technology is dangerous. Because, you know, we're all used to the internet being the wild, wild west. All right, steal a picture here, do a thing there, right? Like, I'll do what the fuck I want. I'm on the internet. Like, I got the picture off the internet. Instagram is like, you're violating a copyright. You're like, what the fuck? This is the fucking internet. I'm stealing photos all day long. We've been doing this since the 90s, since whatever, right? Um, the blockchain is going to be like, oh, no. I see this image. This image is owned by Chris Walker, and you want to put it here. You owe him money. It's good. I like being anonymous. Do you think the blockchain will limit creation and possibilities because of shit like that? No, but I also think the blockchain is cool, right? Like, so you can have a digital certificate of of authenticity, right? You can't lose it. I mean, I guess you can if you lose your wallet, your right? If you lose your seed phrase, you can never like recover your money again. Uh, and they're like, this is the big, where, this is where the big boys are. We write down our seed phrase in a book, you know? And you're like, shut up. You can't, re- like, you can't get your shit back with your social security number. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I, there's a reason why my money's in the bank. It's FDIC insured. I don't want to have my money in such a volatile, uh, reactive. Um, I might change my mind about that. And I'm definitely like fucking around with crypto just to learn about it. A couple hundred bucks here and there. And um, all the money I made in my NFTs, I immediately turned into dollars. <laughs> I was like, let's cash out right now. I want dollars. I should have waited like two weeks. I would have had twice the amount of money, whatever. <laughs> so how did you get How did you get into, uh, like you, you, you just said you sold some NFTs. How did you get into making them? Um... Well, Super Chief Gallery contacted me and they were like, you know what? There's no women in NFTs. You need to make an NFT. You could take over the space, blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, I got all crazy and it took me like an entire year to get it together because I was like, what do I even do? Like, how do I even do that? Do I do a photo? Do I do an animation? How do I do it? Like, what am I doing? You know, I'm like trying, like, is it the Lux Claw? Is it Street Claw? Is it Graphic Claw? Is it Sloppy Claw? Like, what claw? Like, who? What is my NFT? Because, like, your first NFT is, like, your hallmark forever. Hmm. So dumb. No. I'm 20 years old. This is old. No. Look at my old, old stuff. Um... So it took me, like, a long time to, like, understand it. And then 
I realized that nobody in that world knows anything about claw money. They know nothing about graffiti, nor do they really care. That's people who like certain subcultures find them, right? You like certain kinds of music. You you know do research. You find where your people are. You like graffiti. You start doing right. You like you're like oh my god, the writers hang out here. If Claw was meant to like mix with California corporate crypto culture, they would have they would have been done known about me. They have. No, I I feel like I am launching my brand from day one, and I gotta work. I gotta quantify who the fuck I am. No. And you have to shill. You have to sell, sell, sell like a used car salesman. So now I'm like the anti-shiller. Like, and I only go on to spaces where like I'm invited on. And I'm like, hey, it's me, Claw. I'm the king of everything. Hey, uh, you should buy my NFTs because I'm like literally the best. And you guys are all fucking toys. And you know nothing. And that's it. And they don't like that. <laughs> but that's how I am and that's my brand message and it's always sort of been that way and you know like I'm you know I'm joking if you really are a fan of Claw you know I'm the most sep- like self-deprecating person but I'm also the best and I am a fucking OG and these crypto people should be fucking on my fucking tip get with it they don't like women though like, so th- whatever. they just don't know anything about graph. <laughs> Yeah, they don't, so they don't, but you, you know, Katsu, right? He's so famous, like NFT, like people don't really know, but they know, like other people know. But I, I did a space with like Katsu, there should have been like a gazillion people in there. He's the man. They don't, the, they need these like influencers to tell them what's hot. And those people get paid. And I don't pay people or influencers. Like, no, you know? So are you still making them? I... Like, what's the deal with the ones you've made and, and your plans? I have a few up for sale that are still in the edition. I think we only have a few left. Um, I'd like to sell out of them. I want to go back and give every single customer that's ever bought anything on... Clawmoney.world, it's now. We just relaunched clawmoney.world. Um, a free NFT, and I'm trying to figure that out right now. I want to give free NFTs away. That I'm 100% into. The transactional money part, it's just like graffiti. That's what I'm interested in. How do you connect your wallet to Claw Co, or now it's clawmoney.world, and, and get your free, like you should, you're my customer, I should hook you up. I already have a community. You guys already buy stuff from me. You deserve it first. Mm -hmm. Do I have to uh, gamify everything? With this NFT, you get to do this. You get to do that. You get to do this, this, that. Like, I guess that's cool. It's like a membership card. Clawmoney.world membership card's coming soon. You heard it here first. Why not? When you do that, are you giving away at the same time money? Like, does that cost you money to... It costs me money in like production costs, but I think I'm going to work with a currency that has no gas fees. So it's free to give away, but then they can sell them on the secondary market and they can, like the customers can benefit off them. And then I think I make like a 10% royalty, which is cool. But I, um, 
I'm really into the idea of free mint. However, I'm trying to figure that out. That's like in my graffiti ethos, in my sort of like stickers in the world ethos. Like, you know, let's just get it out there and see what happens. So when you purchase, uh, let's say, a free Claw Money NFT, um, you, you like any customer that has Mm -hmm. ever bought anything I have from uh, 10 years ago, I've been on the same like point of sale. We are working on something and you are going to plug in your mask and they're going to be like, oh, you've got this order. Boom, you get a free NFT. Oh, you have three orders. Boom, you get so free NFT. Do you NFTs. receive like a certificate of authenticity? You're on the, it's a, no, it's on the blockchain. Mm. The blockchain is the COA. Mm-hmm. If you can like wrap your head around it. The blockchain says that this is truly what it is. It is owned by you. It was made by this person and you received it on this day because of this. Would it be cool one day to be like, okay, I'm coming out with a song and everybody who owns Claw NFT, like, you get my song. And, I'm, and do add-ons? That's cool. I like that. I want to hook up my customers. They've been with me for 20 fucking years. How do you... Fuck these crypto guys. I mean, how, how you know, you find, I, mean, I, love, uh, I love you crypto guys. How can you find all the people who purchased something off you ever? You just have the record from I so many the, years ago? If they can prove it or they have the record or, like I said, I've been on the same point of sale for the last 10 years. I guess everyone 10 years before, sorry. <laughs> Show me a receipt. Show me your sweatshirt. I'll give it to you. I swear to God. I just, mm-hmm. I really want to, I would love to do giveaways and um, make it really fun and make it about collecting without making uh, financial concerns for people. So I think it's a heavy, it's a heavy thing. You know, they say, they've been talking about this, the legalities. People are like, this is a great investment, this NFT. You can't say that. But I can say claw money is a great investment. In general, in NFTs, in art, in clothing, Mm. I stand, I stand by that (laughs) statement. (laughs) That's amazing that you're willing to just do that because when NFTs come to my mind, all you hear is people spending hundreds of thousands, you know, like breaking the bank, you know? So it's amazing that you're just giving that for free. How can real graffiti be in the metaverse if it costs money? It just can't. Like, yes, can graffiti artists make money? Yes, can graffiti artists make money in the metaverse? Yes. I want to do it for free. How do I do it for free? I'm figuring it out. It's coming. What do you, what do you think about graffiti in the metaverse? And you're, you've used Oculus, right? So you yes. use like King Spray. Yes. Uh, what was it like for you? It's so fucking good. It's so crazy. It's really... I was like having like serious vertigo. I was like, I'm going to fall off the building. Yeah, like yeah. I was like, someone help me. I'm going to fall. I'm like, I'm not. Like, and... Um, Somebody said I was like right in their face and I was like like painting and they're like, cool. I'm like, what? Like it was incredibly um lifelike. The pressure. I couldn't um really get the controls well with like changing the the caps and the colors, but it was I only did it once. I bought my kid an Oculus, but he has been so naughty. It has been sitting in its box for six months. Like, and I'm like, if you're good this week, you're going to get the Oculus. But I swear to God, I keep thinking, like, I should just bring it to my studio and 
go crazy or whatever. It's really cool. What a cool app. Um, I think, you know, it's great for graffiti writers because it really is so lifelike and you are using your body as that like whole like, you know, muscle memory thing. And I also think it's great because now people who don't know how to spray paint can really see how actually difficult it is, like can control and stuff, you know. And you can make limitless shit, you know. It's cool. I like it. What do you think about its, um, like, its legitimacy? Because a lot of people are talking about how writers are going to be getting up in the metaverse. and But are the tr- they? The it's all, of but like- it's all sanctioned it's not illegal how do you get up in the metaverse when it's all tracked on the blockchain it's for nerds it's not for graffiti writers how do we get in there how do we hack in there and get busy in the metaverse Mm -hmm. how can the blockchain be like blocked well i mean i meant it i meant it on (laughs) some like figure this out people call me kind of like how on instagram people maybe paint but they don't paint as as much as it would seem as much as they're making it seem like through their instagram and how their instagram is set up in a way that we can use like they're going to use the same thing in the metaverse and not only that but be respected like now if you if you're a graffiti writer and you have an instagram account and has a ton of followers and you post something like people people like i guess subconsciously accept it um they accept it it's uh maybe even respected um, do you think that it can get to a point in, let's say, the metaverse, whatever that is, that um, it'll be like that? It'll be accepted and respected? I do. Uh, okay. Next week or the week after, I can't remember, um, is NFT NYC. Mm-hmm. And I'm on a panel that I helped organize that is called... Um, the erasure of graffiti and street art in the metaverse. So this is covering this thing that we haven't, I haven't done the panel on yet. But yes, this is a huge concern of mine. Um, not that I'm here to gatekeep people's creativity and not that I'm down to like squash people's dreams. And I love the idea of like NFT that someone can just like put themselves on. Right? They can just like get out there and like propagate their shit and be the next soldier boy or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that's really cool. Usually that's not the case. And there's like a whole team of strategists and influencers. There's a lot of money behind these projects. It's, you know, smoke and mirrors. Oh, it's I'm a little tiny artist. Support me, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yes, they're going to what what Madison Avenue does with graffiti. It's just going to take it and use it and not give you credit and not give the people that laid the foundation the credit. A hundred percent. What's going to happen to graffiti if we can't leave our houses and we're just in the metaverse? Is graffiti going to go away? Or is the metaverse going to be like, fuck, like a real graffiti writer is going to be like, fuck this. I write real graffiti. Like, see you later, you know, Kingsbury. Like, this is a real... I think the aesthetics are not perfect. So you still know a digital output. It's not real enough. But that's the crazy part is that it's not real enough now, but who knows how real it's going to get 
as far as I'm concerned, this is like a super primitive version, like Oculus right now and Kingspray right now. Eventually, it's going to be crazy. Like if you look at video right, games, they'll give you a can. It'll be like yeah. a can, right? Can you imagine if it was like a can? Yeah. Somebody needs to make this like a can, and then you like dial like the colors, like like you could just have everything yeah. within the can and like. What if you could actually just change the nozzles? That would be so cool. Mm -hmm. Of course, you'd loot. You'd be like, "Where's my fat cap?" or something, right? My goddamn Oculus fat cap! Mm. I need it or whatever. Um, and then, of course, they make tons of money because you have to buy it from them again. Um, will that will that be acceptable? Because even though there are those people that profit off of not really writing graffiti and fronting on the internet, right? There's also tons of people that know that. And that there's tons of people that do shit and put stuff up too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like like us as the viewer, the consumer, whatever we are, we have to be able to sort of like negotiate that. But graffiti is full of successful people that didn't paint shit. They didn't paint shit. And they're fucking famous making money. No, it's crazy. Um, gotta, I go, gotta go all city with your Art Primo marker. Well, uh, how do you... Um, <laughs> how has uh, all of this shit, all of this new technology, social media, NFTs, metaverse, whatever, everything, um, changed the way that you operate in terms of uh, being self-employed, being a business owner? For example... Do you still think that you need to have a physical space? Do you still think that if you're selling clothes, you even need a shop? Like, like uh, you don't have your shop anymore. Right, Does, did that make shop. did that make any difference? Like, if anything, has it become easier for you? What's been your experience? I fucking miss my store so much. I love like I'm. So, I'd love to see people. I'd love to interact with my customers. Um, I love fashion and I had like insane like 1970s designer vintage and it was super fun. It was just, you know, it wasn't um, a graffiti store or a vintage store. It was just like the crazy Claudia world of um, all the stuff that like I'm really into. Um, and that's why I do like social media because I can sort of show you more than one side sort of like in business you sort of just see this like one side of you know this output of products and signs and this and that social media lets me sort of like get my messaging out and sort of my complex uh way of thinking and I'm able to sort of reach more people that don't give a flying fuck about graffiti. I mean, I think half the people that follow me on Instagram have no idea about my graffiti, but I force them to learn and they will eventually become claw consumers mm. by just the mere fact of just like the drilling, the symbolism, the drilling, the drilling, the drilling. Um, I remember early on before they had like slides and stuff. I'm like, damn, you know, once in a while we put a product on there and people go crazy and we get like thousands of likes. But most of the time people get mad that I'm soliciting and selling and they want like jokes. So how can I work products into jokes? So now 
like I'm famous for all these different things, but those people are like meant to know me. They're mm. they like this type of humor. They like this you know type of um, brand ethos. They like this type of art, whatever it is. And then I slowly bring like, oh, you like the graffiti? You're gonna like the jokes. You like the jokes? You're gonna like the clothes. You're gonna like the clothes. You're gonna like the graffiti. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to like push them into like the different facets of who I am. And so like in business, like I do like 10 million things. I have like the weirdest fucking jobs. Mm -hmm. I'm. I did a commercial for the American Heart Association for, like, Women's Heart Health Month. Where the fuck is that commercial? I did it, like, six months ago. Um, I help advertising companies with their ad buys and their aesthetics for advertising. I just worked on a crazy thing for some, like, huge computer company. Um... I just was in some guy's garage in Flushing that he wants me to, like, paint, you know, with 10 other artists. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, every day is, like, mm-hmm. sort of an adventure. And I love that. And that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to, like, pivot. But I like to do so many things. It's, like, fun. And mm-hmm. also, like, it's just so, like, niche and weird. Like, who knows what we're going to do from one day to the next week just get weird calls but yes i miss having the store sometimes i love not having the store like not getting a call on sunday night that somebody lost the keys and they can't lock up and then i gotta like drive down to delancey or um there's a flood or you know whatever that was like a magical time and it's sort of um i'm happy i did it but i don't think i would do it again yeah, why not? Yeah. I think I prefer my privacy now. I prefer not having to, or like going into like public mm-hmm. uh, spaces like on my own accord instead of like every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we spoke to a guest recently actually about that, like having a physical store as opposed to just like an online store and he described how you know to him it was all about the experience that he gave to the customer the not just purchasing the product but the whole experience of visiting the store seeing the environment seeing the people that were there and in terms of social media i agree like you know it's it's great for connections it's great for networking and like meeting people because essentially we've talked about this a bunch of times how you have like everyone's phone number you know what i mean like direct message is a Correct. way to contact right. anyone like, right, anyone you texting. want even if it's a famous person yeah it might be put into like a folder of you know unread whatever but you can hit up anyone you want with anything so but do you think that um you know with social media sometimes i feel like if you're wanting to approach the creative world or let's say the fashion industry or streetwear or whatever sometimes it feels overwhelming that it's such a competitive field because it almost feels like oversaturated with so many different brands and businesses so like how do you even start to approach that if you're like an up-and-coming or like you have dreams and goals is it all about connections or like you know i think the best way to start a company is to not put so much pressure on yourself i think you have an idea you should make a t-shirt and you should have low expectations. Meaning if people aren't buying them, then you got Christmas gifts for everyone in town. Because that's, 
Honestly, like West FC said that to me, and I mean, he invented streetwear with PNB. He was like, just do your, just make a few T-shirts, and if they don't sell, you just give them for for Christmas. You give them away to people. And I was like, okay, I'd be like, okay, here's a cool shirt for Christmas, but they sold. Like it was, and I think if you kind of take that pressure off of like having this, it's the same thing with like graffiti writers like now having to write you sort of take this pressure off of people you're like i made these t-shirts i want to put them into the world just like you want to put free nfts out like we stickers just i feel like if it's good it will come back Mm -hmm. you know what i mean if it if it's there's a reason for it t-shirts are a borderless entry anyone can do it you got 250 dollars boom you got a brand like God bless. That's a beautiful thing. Yes, there's a thousand million people making t-shirts and they're horrible. But you got to start somewhere. You know what I mean? Not everybody can be claw money. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) But no, you know what I mean? Like I had already polished my skills. I wasn't a kid when I started claw money. You know what I mean? Like I was already... Uh, an artist I was already uh, a fashion stylist I already like knew you know a lot of uh, business ins and outs where it w- once I added sort of that low pressure ask of myself where I forgave myself if it didn't work I think that's a real bummer I fucking made these shirts and my name is like you know flammy and Nobody's buying them, but if you give them away and people start wearing them, and da, 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 if something can come, it's just give yourself a break and try it. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a break and try it. Spend two hundred and fifty dollars on Christmas gifts for everyone in your family that all have a flammy shirt. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. why not? Um, the other thing I wanted to say to you about stores and stuff: it's not like I don't have a store. I have a store that all my claw stuff is in, and I'm in the awesomest store in all of New York City, Lamps. Um, I sought out a new home for us because I'd like to work with somebody because I'm always making, like, one-of-a-kind things, and um, I'm so happy to be, like, a part of that, like, family, and I miss that, like, retail component, but it's nice that it's not me. Hmm. <laughs> I just dropped my stuff off and we split the money. <laughs> you just felt like there was too much pressure? Um, I just think that like being a mom and then we have all... The, the problem with the store is that the real money was made in the back room, which it still is, where I'm doing jobs for other people. So not having the store and constantly having our focus taken away from projects by customer, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like constantly having to like interact and like also like that store was like a tourist hub for like people looking for the tenement museum. It was like all like all Jewish people constantly coming to that store and they're like, where's the tenement museum? Do you have a chair? I'm like, oh my God, sit down, here's some water. Um, It would like really like served as this like touch point in the in that like really fast changing neighborhood like a safe space for people um but it was very distracting when you had to do like other you know 
work. It's nice kind of not having to sort of be in that environment where you're constantly sort of like you're having to like look at, want, help, this, that, like keep it clean. You know what I mean? Like we're in a, we're in a studio now. It's nice. We're just like, ooh, oops, I spilled paint on the floor. Oops. You know, it's it's fun. If you were going to redo, if you were going to restart um, or if you were like starting up your brand now, starting up everything now, how do you think you'd approach it? Because essentially now you just there's just so many more options, so many more tools. You started it 20 years ago when there was no Instagram. Instagram is like a centralized. It's like it's like the modern, I guess, New York Times. Like people check. They don't check the New York Times app. They'll check. They'll check Instagram. Right. So you have this like power to upload shit onto the our New York Times that everybody's going to check and you can really, you know, select what's on your page and, you know, use your stories, add links. And now they're adding the slides. They're adding with each fucking year. They're adding more and more things that almost in a way like that self empowers the uh, like empowers the self-employed more. How do you think you do it? Um, well, it's also hard because like, do like, who are you? Are you you or are you the brand, right? Like, so who are you on social media? I have decided to be a person that has a brand mm. and not be the brand. We also have a brand page that is like more focused on the brand and sort of like the ethos of like who the claw money like girl is. Like who is the claw money woman and we speak to her and whoever else likes it but i you know what i mean how can you be honest and real because that's what I, this is okay this is what we're gonna really get to this is the core of all these questions that you've asked me all this fake shit instagram nfts metaverse virtual, you know, spray painting. People want real. They want something real. They really do, more now more than ever. If you're real, that will shine through. And I think that is worth its weight in gold over whatever marketing, whatever cool graphic. And that's how you start a business. Be real. So it's just on the principle of that. I really think that's what that's what the market's going to demand. If it's not here now, because people seem to really be, um, you know, into these like influencers and this like whole like phony like lifestyle shit. But that's all really going to shift. Mm-hmm. And I think that they they really are craving because of all this sort of catfishing of catfishing of business, catfishing of look, whatever it is, right? That that internet affords you to be able to do, they want something. And 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 I feel like to me that's that's the secret of success. Mm. You know? All the all the big companies, they really stay true to their like core brand DNA, the realness. And that's what really um, makes them successful. What do you have? Uh, what do you have planned next? I know you have like all the stuff you're doing these, these next few months, all these collabs, different collab a month. Um, how far in the future do you usually plan shit out? And you know, like, what do you what do you have coming up next? Um, I'm a planner. We have the entire year planned out. Um, we have a little beach kit with Megan Masterher coming out in July. 
We have a big collab with Melody Ashani in August, and the rest you'll have to wait and see. But we're doing a big thing at Basel with three other artists, sort of like a claw money, sensory, immersive experience. That's going to be like super weird. Um, I don't know. I think planning is good. I think dreaming is good. How can you apply reality to these things? Like that's, you know, I think that's another thing that a lot of people get caught up in business is they have these like ideas and they're the big ideas, but they don't know how to take the baby steps they need to to like kind of get there because it's a lot of walking before you can run. So in order for us to have done this, we started working on this, I would say, in June of mm. 2021. We started, we're like, okay, next year we're going to be 20 years old. What should we do? We should do this. What should we do? Let's do this. Let's write this list. What do you think? Let's talk to them. Do they want to do it? It's so much work. I mean, I have a staff. Like, we, I can't do it all myself. So right now you're planning stuff that you're going to release in, like, 2023? Correct. Wow. coming out in it's 2023 crazy. It's and I have a project coming out in 2024 and I want to convince the guys from Infamy to do something in 2025 I'm on the board at the museum at FIT for their like hip hop fashion show for 2023 and that started planning five years ago wow planning is everything it really is and also this is coming from a person who's been flying by the seat of her pants for 15 years. For the last five years, I've planned and I've seen such a change in my business. Mm -hmm. You know, let's see. You get what you get. Oh, my God. I don't know. No, now I'm like, this is the plan. This is how we're doing it. This is how we're executing it. But that comes with experience. It's You know what I mean? It's I don't think there's, like, one way to do anything. There's luck, there's skill, there's connections, there's associations. There are all these things can help you in mm -hmm. different ways, right? Bring them all together. You got, you got the sauce, you know? Cool. Well, um, thank you for coming on the show. Thank um, you for having me. I love you guys. Yeah. I'm so happy you're doing so well. Thank so you so exciting. much. It's because of people like you uh, who came and really helped us it's, out. It's start. only me. It's me. <laughs> they only watch my my uh, episode. Yeah. Thank you. So thank you guys. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, and um, thank you to your listeners. And let's keep um, graffiti in the streets and out of the metaverse, people. Come on, <laughs> get your art primo mobs. Let's get crazy. Peace. <laughs>